1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Only two things I hate more than missing throws, and that's lying and skim milk. And, And skim milk's just water lying about being milk.
2: Skim milk? I mean, do you mess with skim milk? Are you a skim milk guy? I, I only drink chocolate milk. What are you, seven? I, if you have I a bowl really of cereal, like would you put... I you, have
1: not had a bowl of cereal in years. What? Oh, I, I, okay. I don't All right. eat cereal. I'm an adult. I like cheese. <laughs> that was huh. yesterday. Huh. Yeah, it's funny how... Uh, what? Stuff just kind of falls into our laps. What? The... J- there were only 329 votes, so yeah. people... people The fact that there were... all oh, that was as of yeah. yesterday afternoon. But still, the fact that so few people voted shows that we really shouldn't be talking about this. People don't care. But those who did care chimed in, which is weirder, that I don't eat cereal. That's weirder than than, uh,
2: I, than only drinking chocolate milk. So yeah, they're both I, weird. I don't know. I don't know. But somebody in know. your county but, here in Harris County, he I, does can the I, thing, can too. I...
1: It's not Harris County. Can I just make one observation? And and I need you to tread lightly here with the terminology you use. Oh, okay. But this occurred to me yesterday, okay? But please, choose your words carefully. Okay. You have a very specific reason why you won't eat eggs. And I would think that the same thing that causes you to not eat eggs would cause you to not drink milk given where it's from and what it is. No, there's am a I wrong?
2: There's a difference there. There is. And you know that difference. And you're leading me down a road that is not, <laughs> not good. Just, okay. You're an adult. You know, milk is you're, coming you're out of an, an udder. Okay. Milk is coming you're, out of an udder. All right. <laughs> chicken is All an right. egg. I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. There you go. And uh, yes, it's, uh, a, it's a non-fertile <laughs> egg. All right. So uh, that's right. why. But. I first off, you've gone that long <laughs> without eating cereal. It's been that long, like I, I, you, I, no, no mess. I, with, you don't mess I with just, it at all. I don't
1: like when I finish the. When I like, I, I have fond memories of your kid, and you come bounding down the stairs, and you get the box of honeycombs or Fruit Loops or Apple Jacks or whatever, and you fill the bowl up, and you fill it with milk. And you read the back of the box, or I used to study the box scores from the baseball games every morning when they actually used to print them in a newspaper, when there actually used to be a newspaper. But as an adult, no, the idea of getting the box of cereal and filling up the bowl and sitting there and eating it, I just, that's, that's, no, that's not an appealing breakfast to me. It used to be, but it isn't now. And I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority. It's just, I feel like as an adult, you, 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 because when I was a kid, it's not like my parents came downstairs and poured a bowl of cereal and ate it. They had eggs. They had bacon. They had coffee. That stuff's better than well, cereal. Yes, cereal it is. Was was the quick, fill it up and, and and stuff your face and get the hell out the door to school breakfast.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, I I, I get that. You're right. Like, I'm going to have cereal today because we're going to do the podcast here in a little bit. So I'm brand flakes. It's a healthy cereal. It's something. It's going to get in my stomach. But all right, before we're done here. When's, <laughs> excuse me. When's the last time you had chocolate milk? When's the last time you made yourself chocolate milk?
1: It's been a while. I'm just okay. saying when I drink milk, and I have to put chocolate in it. Okay. I don't drink milk. I get my dairy products through ice cream. I really like ice cream. Even though I'm an adult, I really like ice cream. Oh. Uh, I really like that cheese. That milk, where does it come um, from?
0: <laughs> right, but I'm not. I'm I know. not no, no, I know. no, 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 no.
1: But but I'm just I'm trying to turn your stupid reason for never eating, eating right. eggs back around on you. I just... Oh, why are we wasting people's time to even talking? Because we talked it. about it, I mean, it yesterday. That's guy. why. I, I don't know.
2: know. We gotta we gotta talk for eight hours a week. We talk for twenty hours a week. We gotta make some crap up every now and then. Here's the other thing too about eating a bowl of cereal that I never did really <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> what? You
1: you you're, you you're playing a game of beat the clock because you get to a point where the cereal gets too soggy, and like especially if it's fr- I like Frosted Flakes. I love Frosted Flakes. But if you don't get the Frosted Flakes eaten within like 30 seconds, it turn in, turns into this flat, mushy goo that is completely infiltrated with milk. And I don't like that whole, oh, I got to eat it fast, or it turns into this mushy goo that's just kind of oh, floating yeah. like a dead I body don't in the water. Food.
2: Yeah, I don't know either. I, yeah. I understand. So it, yes. I don't, I'd rather, I'd All rather
1: right. just, and not that, not that the eggs and bacon diet is the key to a long life, but. Uh, If I'm going to eat anything for breakfast, if I have to choose between cereal and eggs and bacon, give me the eggs and bacon any day of the week. All right. What's more likely time with week 13 of the 2020 season upon us? Let's begin with one of the more significant games of the weekend. If the Browns actually show up, you know, they've got a history of not showing up when it's time to play a good team. The Browns at the Titans, both teams, eight and three Cleveland has what's more likely Cleveland has 175 yards or more rushing, or Derrick Henry has, on his own, 125 yards or more rushing. What's more likely?
2: Yeah, it's it's a good one. I mean, those two running backs in Cleveland, you know, we know how special they are, and they're going to run the ball. I mean, just like Tennessee, their game and offense goes through the run game. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry has 125-plus rush yards, though. That'll be my go-to. Uh, I think the, the big reason for me more than anything is Tennessee Titans have big people, and their run defense has been better as of late. Their numbers of where they're ranked in the NFL and how many rushing yards they let up per game and all that are a little skewed because early in the year they had issues. The Jaguars, the Vikings just piled up huge numbers against them. But as of late, it's been much better. So I think between that and then Cleveland not being a a real great run-stopping defense themselves, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry on this one. Yeah,
1: I think so too. And for me, it's far simpler than that. He has slid into a groove and we've yeah. seen this in the past. He gets into that late season zone and he becomes unstoppable. And even even with Taylor Lewan out for the year because as we were trying to figure out what happened, what was different, the left tackle gone for the season with a torn ACL suffered earlier in the year, that that seemed to be the point where the running game started to dip. Well, it's gone the other way. They've adjusted. They're they're fine. And Derrick Henry has had 55 carries combined over the last two weeks. I think he's going to get his chances. He's going to get his yards. And uh, we're going to be doing our Mega Picks podcast later today. I'd be stunned if either of us picked the Browns to win because the Browns have to beat a good team
2: before we're going to believe that they can beat a good team. That's right. That's right. And we saw – I think what scares me more than anything too, Mike, is a few weeks ago we saw them play a team like this – and in the, in the Las Vegas Ra- Raiders, right? And it was a bad uh, weather day and all that. And the Raiders ran the ball on them. You know, Cleveland's stats and numbers are stopping the run. You know, they're a little fortunate. They've played a lot of teams who can't really run the ball this year. So that, that's added to them looking a little bit better. But that'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, my money's on Derrick Henry and Vrabel and that company there. Eagles
1: and the Packers get together. Remember last year, the Philadelphia Eagles went into Green Bay on a Thursday night, bless you, and won the game. What's more likely this time around? Jalen Hurts, the backup quarterback who got a couple of snaps the other night. What's more likely? He has three passes in the first half of the game, or Aaron Rodgers has three touchdown passes in the first half of the game.
2: I would go out of those two. I mean, I think it's very realistic that neither one of those happen, okay? But I'm going That's to, not the choice. I know. I'm going to go with Aaron. Other. If you're going to make me pick one of them, then I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, three TDs in the first half. I am. Yeah. Hey, uh, the one the Eagles will play, man, play a lot of man-to-man. They're going to give them some opportunities, you know, whether they can get open and make the throw and catch and all that. That's one thing. But there's going to be some you know, appetizing looks to where Rodgers is going to look and go, whoa, they're going to play us like that. And, I mean, Jalen Hurts, we've seen three passes the whole year. I just I can't go with that yet. Yeah,
1: and, and I think there is a tension there regarding taking Carson Wentz out, putting Jalen Hurts in, and maybe on a short week, maybe with less time to really think about it. I don't know, maybe maybe they go back to a place where they were successful last year. Maybe that's a moment where something happens for Carson Wentz, where he can exercise some demons because he remembers going to Lambeau Field and winning on a Thursday night. It was a close, exciting game, and uh, it's just it just still amazes me. I've been racking my brain trying to think of somebody who's had this career arc where second overall pick plays well, MVP candidate gets the big contract, and then there it goes. Yeah, by all appearances, but it's gone, and he's trying hard to get it back. All right, Rams and Cardinals sneaky great game. First time this season two division rivals meeting week thirteen. They'll meet twice between now and the end of the regular season. Critical games. Rams seven and four. Cardinals six and five. What's more likely, Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey gets an interception or Cardinals receiver
2: DeAndre Hopkins
1: catches a touchdown? Yeah,
2: this is a great, likely? Yeah, great matchup, right? I mean, these two, I mean, gosh, they're in the same division. Jalen Ramsey, he went out to the Rams and signed a big contract, and now he's got to deal with DK Metcalf and DeAndre Hopkins for the rest of his career. I mean, uh, uh, interceptions are rare. Like Jalen Ramsey could win the better, better of this matchup, and and win more plays and have a really awesome day. And DeAndre Hopkins could still catch a TD and zone or some pick play, or they're at the three yard line on some wide receiver screen. So I'm gonna go with DeAndre Hopkins catches a TD, just because interceptions are very rare. And hey, a guy a lot of the times with guys like you know Jalen Ramsey, he's so good quarterbacks don't want to mess with them or when they do look over there and think oh maybe I'll try my guy he's not open to throw the ball there anyways now I, Ramsey's health a little bit I know he had a little hip issue before last week that'll be something to watch for but I'm going with Hopkins and that catch, catching the TD I didn't notice his name on the
1: injury report last night. I may have to check that again. But I, I was, I, I, I was, I was struck by the yeah. revelation from right. Coach Sean McVeigh that he was limited to 50 reps of the 72 on defense because he had a hip thing that popped up before the game. There was no hip injury last week I don't think there's one on the report this week but that's something to watch and look I agree with you Deion Sanders never had many interceptions because he didn't throw his way right if they don't throw your way you're covering your guy they're not going to do something stupid and give you an interception you're keeping your guy though from from catching passes and catching touchdowns but I agree with you between these two choices it's more they, likely that Hopkins they got a history what too. Hopkins
2: tends to do you know that's what's cool they've been playing each other I've, I've talked to Jalen Ramsey you know and asked him about receivers that give him issues. DeAndre Hopkins was the first guy he brought up when we had a conversation. You know because DeAndre Hopkins, physical, tough, crafty route runner, all those type of things, but yeah, that, that's, a, that's a cool one. They, they have a respectful, very intense physical rivalry together that's fun to watch. And anybody you know watching Football Sunday, that's one I would tell anybody to watch and tune into and keep your eye on. Tune in next week
1: for PFT Live because at the top of the hour on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, there will be a Simsism segment devoted to the new word that's been added to the lexicon what did time I say? for another page we're gonna need a bigger boat <laughs> it's great too when you don't even realize no, don't. that's what makes it even better <laughs> respectful oh respectful 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 <laughs> yes simsism number simsism. 372 yeah all right uh next game so, but i but i agree more likely that deandre hopkins scores a touchdown pass saints nine and two at falcons Four and seven. They're getting together for the second time in three weeks. What's more likely? The Saints rush for 175 or more yards or quarterback Taysom Hill throws his first career touchdown pass. And so far in the two starts with Taysom Hill, 166 and 229
2: rushing yards for the Saints offense. It wasn't pretty. Last week, you know, obviously the quarterback situation in Denver, New Orleans went into the game plan and into the game with a very, you know, let's be conservative type game plan. But Taysom Hill, just from watching that film back, uh, it it wasn't the prettiest I've I've seen him play. You know, the first week I was encouraged by what we saw. The second week I kind of went, eh. You know, I think there were some things there that will concern Sean Payton. Didn't see the field all that well. Missed some open receivers. You know his pocket presence wasn't all that great. Um, you know, so that that that'll be something to watch for here, Mike. I don't know where do you where do you lie on this? I, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go with Taysom Hill throws his first career TD pass. I, I'm gonna go there. This is the week. I I just think Raheem Morris and Atlanta the way they're playing right now, I think they're gonna smother that run game. I, I just have a hard time thinking that that's how New Orleans is gonna win this football game. They're going to make it to where Taysom Hill has to throw to beat them. And I'll say this is the week he finally gets his first career TD pass.
1: And, you know, that's a good point, too. It could be that Raheem Morris decides we're not going to be suffocated in the run game. We're going to sell out to stop it. I And let's see if this tight end turned quarterback can beat us over the top. I just, you know, when you think about red zone, though, what do we see so often now? With Taysom Hill, we don't see a throw to the back of the end zone. We see the bull in a china shop run to the goal line, right? And it works. So you're, you're 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 not plays that otherwise would have become potential touchdown passes for Taysom Hill are touchdown runs for Taysom Hill. He's had two in each of the last two games, and uh, uh I, I think that. Uh, I but I. I don't know that the Falcons are capable of it. Now, they're going to be feeling good about themselves after blowing out the Raiders. I don't know what that translates into this weekend. There is a great rivalry there, and, and they aren't going to want to be embarrassed. I'll go with you. First touchdown pass of the career, more likely than 175 or more rush yards. All right, Colts and Texans together for the first time this year. They play twice in three weeks, I believe. Seven and four Colts, four and seven Texans. Deshaun Watson throws an interception or... He has his seventh straight game without one. He's had 15 touchdown passes and zero picks over the last six weeks, Chris. What's more likely, a pick or he continues his streak of no-pick game?
2: I'm going to go with no-pick games. I mean, he's on fire right now, so I'm going ride, to ride the wave with him. You know, it's the perfect example, again, to just show everybody out there, too. Like, the game is bigger than just one guy. Deshaun Watson – I don't know how anybody can watch the sport and not think he's one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the game. I mean, he's he's phenomenal talent. I mean, I just don't know what else to say about him. I mean, he really is amazing. And, yeah, this great year he's having is getting lost in the shuffle because they're an average football team. And I give you a lot of credit for writing that little article last week, kind of giving him credit that he deserves because it's amazing what he does, even when there's crap around him and everything there. I I think he's in the groove. He realizes he's got to play almost perfect football for them to even be in close games or win a game. I'm going to say he stays hot here uh, against the Colts and, and doesn't throw an interception. But it is the Colts.
1: I mean, it I is the Colts. So I know. I, I, all good things come to an end. I say he's going We're to have an interception this, week. this weekend against the Colts defense. Because look, the Colts, they're feeling a higher sense of urgency after getting bullied by the Titans, they they fall to 7-5. and five. they got to start worrying about tumbling out of the playoff picture altogether. There's going to be one or two good teams, teams that we had at some point this year looked at and said, oh, yeah, they'll definitely make the playoffs. Right. They, they don't
2: make the playoffs yeah. when the dust settles on the AFC. They need to force Buckner year. back right. this week, which I think he is back, right? That, that'll that be big. They missed him last week. One of those times, Mike, where you, you don't realize how good a guy is or how awesome he is for a defense until you watch them without it. And then you start to go, I don't think the Titans could have done that if Buckner was there. I don't think that play would have worked if Buckner was there. Uh, he is uh, one of the best in the game, and they need him back. The F up the play That's mentality. It. And Buckner was
1: on COVID-19 last week. It's always unclear when a guy can come back. I right. think he was a positive test, too. So I that think you're right. That complicates things mm-hmm. as well. Broncos and Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Denver's four and seven. They will have their quarterbacks this week, as far as we know. The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, which always puts them in a position to win, and they are still trying to chase down the Steelers for the one seed, so they have every incentive to have a big game. What's more likely? Tyreek Hill has more than 150 yards receiving, or
2: he has fewer than 100 on the night. What's more likely? I- I'm going to go with under 100 this week. Uh, you know, Fangio, he's too smart on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think he's going to give them a whole lot of opportunities to be making big plays. He'll know when to, you know, help out on Tyree Kill in certain situations like that. And the Denver secondary, you know, it's pretty damn good. You know, when you talk about A.J. Bouye right now, he's playing good. You know, of course, Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties in football. William Jackson right there along with him. You know they're well coached in the back in the back end in Denver, and they got talent back there too. You know because of that, uh, I I don't think they'll let Hill go off. I'm going to go with the under.
1: Tyree Hill uh, had only 55 yards when they got together earlier this year. It was a blowout win by the Broncos, but uh, yeah. defense had a lot to, or by the Chiefs, excuse me, defense had a lot to do with that. I remember last year when the Broncos and the Chiefs got together in December. It was a snowy day, and and that was kind of the first time we started to wake up to the idea that even though we're obsessed with the Ravens and the 49ers in 2019 there was an opportunity there for the Kansas City Chiefs to kind of sneak up on everyone yeah and win the whole thing which they ultimately did Tyree Kills had 100 yards receiving for three straight games but last week was his first game this season with more than 150 I'm with you I think it's going to be under 100 Broncos defense is good it's good and and Even though it's a primetime game, it's not the kind of opponent that's going to have the Chiefs locked in. That's just a focus issue with the Chiefs. And and they are a team that is vulnerable because the Broncos are going to be coming at them with everything they have. This is their Super Bowl. What else are the Broncos playing for? They're 4-7. They're not going to the playoffs. So if they could could hang a loss on the Chiefs in primetime – you know, this is kind of like the, the reason last week we thought the Texans would beat the Lions. It was the Texans Super Bowl. This is it. This is the only time anybody's going to care about the Texans sure. the rest of the year. Sunday night is the only time anyone's going to care about the Broncos the rest of the year. So I think that that adds up to yeah maybe a closer game and also fewer than 100 yards. For Tyler I, I think it's though. a good so point, though.
2: You're day. right. I mean, hey, Drew Locke, he's fighting to make, make sure he's the starting quarterback there next year. It's an important team, play, game for a lot of people in that organization. Yeah, I don't expect them to win. But at Fangio and Denver, that defense, they were pretty damn successful the first time around. I know they lost the game, but, you know, they do a good job of managing the Chiefs offense. They, they really have. So uh, we'll see where that goes. But, you know, the Chiefs are are dangerous. And, of course, I expect them to win the football game and there is a lot going on around
1: that Broncos organization we've had stories over the past few days there's litigation among the Bolin family oh. there was a statement issued yesterday by Beth Bolin Wallace saying it's time to transition ownership to someone this team has been held in a trust for the past seven or eight years as the trustees wait for one of the seven children of Pat Boland to show that he or she is ready to run the team and the way this is all going long story bearable this may all be rocketing toward a selling of the team at some point. Uh, And uh, cause they just can't get along. And at some point they're all going to have to sign off on one of the siblings running the team, whoever the trustees pick. But if the rest of them say, no, we're not doing it. You, you only have one alternative, which is to put the team on the market. So there's just a lot of dysfunction and turmoil and this team, which had a proud tradition of not racking up consecutive losing seasons. I think they're, closing in on four in a row this year. So uh, this is their moment. This is their chance. And maybe they'll play a little bit better on Sunday night. Let's take a break. When we return, some updates on quarterback health. A lot of quarterbacks limited in practice on Wednesday. What does it mean come the 13th Sunday of the 2020 season? We'll talk about that next year on PFT Live.
2: How are you feeling? And what do you think the likelihood is that we'll see you this weekend? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I, I, think that's, that's a question for, for coach flow and for our head trainer. Um, but yeah, you know, as a competitor, you always want to, you know, go out there and you, you want to be able to play, um, you know, but flow and, and our, our medical staff. I, I mean, I, I would say they're, they're, they have the best interest for us. And, you know, I, I would say they, they wouldn't put me out there if they felt like they'd be or it'd be, you know, kind of harmful for myself. So, um, you know, just taking it one day at a time and trusting, trusting those guys.
1: To a of Tagovailoa last Wednesday banged his left thumb, throwing thumb on a helmet. Missed Sunday's game against the uh, New York Jets. They play the Bengals coming up this weekend. I... Shereen Williams has a theory. Shereen Williams thinks that. This thumb injury may just be a way
2: to put him on the bench
1: to let Brian Flores roll with fits and maximize what they do this year by way of playoff opportunities and possibilities. And you know, maybe at some point we hear Flores say that Tua will play when he's 100%, which you we've heard in the past, and it ends up being a way to. Just constantly say, he's not ready. He's not healthy. He's not good to go. Now, I don't think that the the injury didn't happen, right? I don't
2: think they're lying that right. the guy banged his It's like his the old, like, oh, Alex Smith hurt his head. We're going to leave you over there. It's not quite healthy all the way yet. We're going to play Nick Foles for a few weeks because we don't think you're all the way healthy. That kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that's how Colin Kaepernick became the starter eight years ago in San Francisco. It was you're an right, Alex Smith too. concussion. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think that this is an opportunity to ride the hot hand, ride Fitz magic, and then when he becomes Fitz tragic, as he inevitably does, you go back to Tua Tonga-Vailoa if that's the case. But for this week, it's the Bengals. They should be able to win without Tua. And then it's the Kansas City Chiefs for the Miami Dolphins, a huge game for them, a proven ground type of a game for the Dolphins who are moving in the direction of the postseason. Daniel but, but Jones my, oh, want feeling to say better. I one thing, Mike, with
2: that, just last thing. Like, the fact that he's telling you – the head coach and the trainer, that just tells you he's not going to play, in my opinion. You know, if he felt like he was close to go, oh, I, I can play. I'm good. I'm going to play, right? I mean, that that's really what would happen. The fact that he, you know, went, oh, you got to talk to the coach, Flo, and the trainer and all that, that to me just sounds like a guy that, yeah, isn't ready to go.
1: Or or he's already learned. That or he if has you exactly talk right. talk about things you shouldn't talk about, you're going to have to deal with Coach Maybe. Flo, which – yeah, he's he's he learned a thing or two from his time with Bill Belichick, and he's done a good job of navigating this whole injury thing because you know, we, we didn't know that Tua really was seriously not going to play until Saturday rolled around and they downgraded him from questionable to doubtful. Daniel Jones, the Giants quarterback, ordinarily we wouldn't care, but they're in the thick of things in the NFC East. He's got a hamstring problem, didn't practice, said he's feeling better. Can the Giants win that division if they have to go with Colt McCoy? For multiple weeks, and they they this week they have to go to Seattle to play the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, that that's not good. I mean, I don't think there's any way they can win without Daniel Jones this week. I mean, even with Daniel Jones, we know those are, are probably slim chances. I I would say the the chances of them winning the East and getting to the playoffs, no no matter how ugly it might look. Yeah, I I, I have questions about Colt McCoy. It's just been a long time since he's played you know, a consistent amount of football. I know what he is once he gets going, and that's that's all positive and good, but, you know, the last few ch- times he got chances in Washington, he got hurt right away. He never really got to play there, and it's just, it's hard to come in this time of the year, and this is an offense that's kind of just getting its feet underneath itself here the last few weeks. So, I, yeah, I, I don't expect them to be the same team. Daniel Jones, between his Very accurate, aggressive 15 to 20-yard throws. And then his running is a big thing for this Giants offense that's not overly talented. And, yeah, I I would have a hard time thinking he plays this week just according to where he grabbed his hamstring, too. He grabbed up there by the butt, Mike. You know, when it gets up there by the butt, that usually is a lot more serious, a lot harder to heal and get it back to 100%. We'll see where it goes. But, yeah, I don't like their chances as much with, with Colt McCoy as compared to Jones.
1: Rest is so critical to healing a hamstring injury, whether it's a strain or a tear or whatever it is. Every strain is a, it's a tear to some degree. The question is how bad is it? And you do need rest for it to heal. And I guess in theory, if he just doesn't run, right, if you take the snap and you drop back in the pocket and you throw the ball, you're not going to re-injure it, but all it takes is that one step and you feel it grab again and you've reset the clock to zero And you've got to wait and wait and wait for the hamstring injury to heal, and it can take a long, long time to get back to fully 100%. Mitchell Trubisky will start for the second straight game against the Detroit Lions. Nick Foles limited with a hip injury. Remember when he got slammed to the ground late in the game against the Vikings two and a half weeks ago? The initial word was, oh, he's day to day. Well, it's been plenty of days and still no Nick Foles. Now, limited means I guess there's a chance he could be ready to go. But this one feels like a benching in disguise. Yeah. Because remember when Matt Nagy – Went with Foles. He went out of his way to say, this is it for the rest of the year. I'm not going back and forth. Well, this is a way to to go back and forth without going back and forth because Foles is injured, Trubisky plays, and and this is it. This is it. Make or break. They're 5-6. and six. They've lost five in a row. This is the Lions. If they can't win this game,
2: they are done. Yeah, agreed with that. I mean, definitely. And then all the things the Lions have had to deal with, right, this weekend, the 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 like you said earlier this week the quietest firing I've ever seen in the history of the NFL uh, just how that went down with the Lions it, it's like it really got no media attention nationally do you Mike I don't know I ask you first off you think that's who do you think has more of an advantage here right like the Nagy Bears who played horrible and he ripped into them and that's not acceptable. Or do the Lions have a little more juice because, hey, it's just a new energy in the building and, you know, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn are gone. Does that add to them maybe playing better football? What's your uh, spaghetti and meatballs and your gut say there? I'm a big believer in the interim coach
1: bump, the artificial interim coach bump for a variety of reasons, one of which is, hey, let's do what we can to have the interim coach get the job so we don't have to worry about some new coach coming in. And maybe not wanting us. And in this case, right or wrong, there's an element of "Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead" in Detroit. And uh, you know, so, some guys that weren't happy with the way Matt Patricia treated them, they now uh, move on with a different vibe, a different mood, a different atmosphere, and maybe it allows them to perform better. So I I uh, spent some time last night trying to figure out who I like in this game you yeah. can make an argument for both teams yeah, right. but the Lions are going to have a looseness and then the Lions are going to have that's that, that interim we've seen it this yeah year. you're right we saw it with the Texans we mm-hmm. it, it's a real thing and and Matt Nagy ripping his team privately and publicly
2: is that good I, or bad I don't even know at this point I don't
1: know that it's going to make a difference I know how do you make a team that doesn't have enough talented players on both sides of the ball better just by yelling at them you're not, they're not going to get better on the fly It'd be different. If you know, like with the Steelers, the Steelers have the talent, Mike Tomlin pissed off because sorry, London, because they, they should have won that game much more easily against the Baltimore JV squad. Yeah. Getting the tongue lashing from Tomlin may make a difference, but right. just cause Matt Nagy's upset. Well, uh, it's yeah, not going to matter. Difference.
2: There's a difference. You're right. You're, you're exactly right though. Because. Tomlin's speaking to a team that has full belief in their team, right? So they're like, you know, they know, well, we we've seen the best we can be, and that was not it. So that was crap. I understand him, honest Nagy, there's gonna be certain guys in the locker room that are gonna be like, I mean, hey, listen, we could do all we can do. Like the defensive guys, they're gonna be like, Yeah, we could play awesome, but man, the offense is still gonna stink this week. I mean, it's still gonna be us having to make plays on the defense so there there is some that'll get lost in translation in a situation like the Bears with Matt Nagy and all of that too Um, I will say the thing that I do look at with that that Bears defense some of the comments you see out of there this week Khalil Mack things like that. I, they're they're going to be pissed off this week. That's one thing I can, I can count on. I just think Chuck Pagano, I'm a big fan of him as a coach and a person. He'll have them ready. It's just, yeah, can that offense do anything? Can they have energy? I don't know. That's a big question. And I have been inundated with questions this week and last week
1: about what the Bears should do, what they will do, what they may do with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. And i just got two observations to make. I'm not a believer in firing the GM and keeping the coach. If you're going to get rid of the GM, get rid of the coach and start over because you're tying the GM's hands on the way in with a coach that that GM may not want there. That's observation number one. Observation number two, at some point in a chronically bad or underachieving organization, it's important to move the focus one level above the football operations, to the president of the team. And, Chris, I've made this point a few times this week. President of the team is the best gig to have because you get paid a lot of money and you don't get fired. And at some point, Ted Phillips needs to be the guy that ownership looks at and says maybe it's time for a change here because these people that you've been hiring cycle after cycle, time after time, they're not getting it done. Right. So maybe it's time for us to entrust the franchise to someone else as the president of the team. It's just amazing to me that that job rarely gets anything close to the kind of scrutiny and accountability that coach and GM do, even though – when things are going well, all of a sudden you start seeing the team president's name show up in the newspaper a lot more often
2: than when things aren't going well. You're you're, you're right, Mike. I, I mean, I I mean you're spot on there. And th- th- this is one where I, I I don't know where where do you lie on that conversation? Because I get asked this about about Chicago a lot, you know. And there's things to like about Chicago. Matt Nagy, as much as I don't like his offense, there are things I like about him as a head coach. You know, I know people like the man, the person, how he manages personalities, communicates, those type of things. I mean, Pace has done some good things. We're talking about a group here that went 12 and 4, 8 and 8, and now is in 5 and 6. And sometimes I do think we lose a little re- like, lo- reality there. Okay? Sometimes I feel like we all talk about them like they're a 3 and 13 team for the third year in a row. I, I so I don't know what's your what's your feel there what do you think how do they, what should they do I mean Nagy was the
1: coach of the year two years I know. ago I know right? that's what's weird and, and right. so I
2: what, what 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 what
1: stuns me about the entire organization we were in Chicago last year for week one it's a special place yeah Soldier Field feels like a cathedral of football it's amazing to me that the Bears aren't basically the Midwest version of the Steelers, where every year they're relevant, every year they contend, every year they're in the mix to do something good. They just tend to skew toward mediocre at best far more often. And the key continues to be quarterback. And this whole Mahomes-Watson thing is going to hover over the team for as long as Mahomes and Watson are playing. But all the way back to Sid Luckman, Yeah, they had Jim McMahon. Well, there's a lot of quarterbacks that would have won the Super Bowl in 1985. Then they had Jay Cutler, who racked up a bunch of records but never really led the team to anything significant. They got to an NFC Championship game and lost to the Green Bay Packers. They need a franchise quarterback, and I think that that should be the main focal point of anyone and everyone who is employed by that team. Find a franchise quarterback, preferably in the draft, someone who's going to be the guy for the next 15 years I mean the law of averages suggests at some point they're just going to stumble into a franchise quarterback how can you go that long without a franchise quarterback where Sid Luckman is the name that keeps resonating through the the annals of Chicago Bear history it's embarrassing but I think that's the issue yeah find a quarterback yeah they went all in on Mitchell Trubisky it didn't work Buy to Trubisky, buy to Foles, right. let's find a franchise quarterback and let's keep trying until we do because eventually, if that becomes your obsessive focus, eventually you will.
2: Yeah, uh, well, it's amazing. You're, you're right. The history, that storied franchise, that never have anything there, and that is the driving force between the frustration and Chicago. Yeah, obviously. Uh, that is it. And that's where that's going to be a tough decision for ownership with the bears and all those type of things. I know this, this is one thing I'll say if they do keep this, I'm with you. Don't fire one and keep the other or keep one and fire the other, whatever. If you're, if you're going to like start over, start over. But if they're going to keep them the same, the one thing I would just say is if they're going to keep Nagy, keep pace, there has to be a conversation with Nagy to go, you have to bring in a whole new offensive coordinator. Offense, You're just the head coach. And then you can add two cents about offensive football, but they that ha- would have to be, to me, a deal to go forward. Like, no longer we need a new idea, a new way of attack, totally. It can't be one of your friends that runs the same offense. We need something new, it's new scheme, everything. And uh, that, to me, would be – I, maybe easy for Chicago fans to maybe digest a little bit if they do keep them. I don't know.
1: And I think it goes hand in hand, too. And it becomes a chicken and the egg, not to go back to talking about chicken and eggs and milk, but uh, the idea that that you you want to have an offensive system that is suited to whoever your quarterback is. So if they do go the route with a new offensive coordinator, they better have a pretty good idea who their quarterback's going to be yeah. for next year. So either you get a system that... Fits the guys that you plan to keep right or you get a system that is picked in anticipation of which kind of quarterback you're going to bring in but that's going to be the key for the Bears a couple of other quarterback injuries to mention briefly because several guys were limited in practice yesterday Cam Newton has an abdomen injury he was limited in practice they play in LA against the Chargers and then four days later against the Rams coming up Matthew Stafford limited with a right thumb injury I fully expect that he'll play the guy that plays through anything and everything, same as Philip Rivers. He didn't practice yesterday with a toe injury that kept him from practicing last week. He said that it feels a hell of a lot better this Wednesday than last Wednesday. Although he probably didn't say a hell of a lot, he probably said a heck of a lot. Gosh darn golly Gosh, gee. Yeah, right. And then, and then, and then the one to watch today, your boy Blue, because they play Monday night. The Bills will have their first injury report today. That ankle got injured. He was Ooh. hobbled. He told me after the game. I felt, yeah, it hurt, but it's going to take a lot more than that to keep me out of a game. That was before he slept on it. That was before that moment where you roll out of bed, you put your feet on the ground, you put weight on it, and you know whether or not it is fine. And they don't have any obligation to tell us anything until today. Today's the day we find out.
2: Yeah, uh, that'll that'll be huge to see where he is. I mean, and, and Josh Allen, I mean, again, so talented. That team runs through him, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, wow, he's lucky it wasn't a lot worse. I would expect it to be sore too, but uh, I think the big soldier will be ready to go. I'd be shocked if he at least couldn't play, you know, come Monday night against the 49ers.
1: All right, we're going to take a break when we return. The weekly tradition in season, the matchups to watch. The best of the best matchups for the coming week of games. We'll draft those matchups when PFT Live continues right after this.
2: You guys are playing uh, Justin Herbert this week. He's put up some pretty good numbers so far this year. What have you seen from him on tape, and how you have been with his play so far? Yeah, he's impressive. You know, very talented player. You know, tall, sees things well, has a good arm, can certainly make all the throws. He's athletic, definitely escaped the pocket, smart. They, you know, do, do a number of things at the line of scrimmage, seen check plays, audible against pressure, you know, change plays against, you know, check with me type situations. Looks like he's uh like he's gonna be a good quarterback for a long time. A lot to work with. And I know he's a smart, hardworking kid that you know, likes football, and I'm sure he'll continue to get better as he has this year uh, throughout the course of the season.
1: Bill Belichick talking up Justin Herbert, the player that they will be facing this weekend in la first of two consecutive games for the patriots in the new stadium in la they're going to stay out there and then i'll stay a whole oh, week it's forgot it's sunday it's thursday and then they get to come home all right matchup draft week 13 chris you have a question for me to determine the first pick the
2: oh game. i got a question for you herbert who looks like he's going to be the rookie of the year uh, at least for for my money has 23 td passes all right, Baker Mayfield has the rookie record of 27 from a few years ago. Which rookie QB last year led the NFL with 24 touchdown passes? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, you Up up hurry up, to, up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I'm trying to think of who the rookies were last year. I know, I can't think of it. You can't think. Come on. What is it? I know. Can you think of him yet? Kyler Murray was a rookie. please...
1: Right, but I, I think that's the trap. You want me to say Kyler Murray. Dwayne Haskins, I don't think he had 24. Gardner Minshew didn't play enough. The only other one would be Daniel Jones. Oh, there's the horn. There's the horns. Damn. See, I didn't say my f- – I say I learned your trick. You don't have to say final answer. You just throw it out as a possibility. Nah, that's all right. The horns. That was a real answer. Right, we'll give it to pick. you.
2: We'll give it to you. Le- le-
1: let, me go, let me go to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray and Aaron Donald on the same field. I would pay a lot of money to witness that in person because you know Aaron Donald is going to be doing everything he can to try to corral Kyler Murray. We've seen teams over the past couple of weeks put together kind of a semi-blueprint on how to slow him down. Murray's still got the shoulder injury. We mentioned quarterbacks who were limited. He was limited yesterday with a right shoulder injury from two weeks ago. And, uh, yeah, Aaron Donald, the best in the league, maybe with the best interior defensive lineman ever trying to stop Kyler Murray at a time when the Cardinals are very, very desperate to get a win.
2: Yeah, they are. I I mean, good pick by you. That's definitely one of the most intriguing ones to me of the week too. And, uh, you know, with that front, Aaron Donald, you know, Floyd, Leonard Floyd on the edge, some of those athletes, their linebackers they ever fast. Kyler Murray couldn't run a lick last year against the Rams. I'd have a hard time thinking he's going to run against this group again this year. That'll be interesting. It really will be. But I, I Mike, I, I'm going to stay with the same game because I'm afraid you're going to pick it. And I just, so I got to stay there. But Hopkins and Ramsey is something I'm really excited to watch. Uh, I hate to double up on one game, but I'm just, you know, I like to win our drafts at least a little bit. And that's arguably the best receiver in football. I mean, there's no doubt he's top one, two, or three. I mean, he's one of those guys. Jalen Ramsey, for my money, is the best corner in football. That is going to be fun to watch uh, to me. It really is. And, you know, we'll see what the health is for Ramsey, but his ability to play on an island and do special things like that, it's really made this Cardinals defense, I mean, this Rams defense uh, kind of play at a, at a higher level. Uh, I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah. And again, I'll check this
1: injury report, but I don't think his name popped up on there yesterday, despite the hip problem that emerged just before kickoff on. Sunday, and limited him to 50 of 72 snaps. For me, something we talked about earlier, but is still one of the more fascinating matchups of the week. Derrick Henry, the Titans running back, going against the Browns defense. Can the Browns defense slow this guy down? He had a huge game against the Colts. He was the difference maker the prior week against the Ravens. And if the Titans want to move to nine and three, he's going to have to get it done. And if the Browns want to show that they can beat a good team, they're going to have to bottle up Derrick Henry. So it comes down to what that Browns defense can do against the best running back currently in football and a guy who seems to be in the midst of another late season push that could help him finish with some pretty impressive numbers for the year.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's he's he's amazing. He really is. And and for my money, the the MVP voting right now would go Rodgers, Mahomes, Derrick Henry, and it's really close between all three of them. That's where I would go. So I'm with you. And that that matchup is awesome because I was going to go there, too, just to go RB versus RBs, right? I mean, you know, you got the one-headed monster against the two-headed monster and the Cleveland Browns over there, too. That's going to be fun to watch to see which group gets off, which running back has the big day. Um, so that, that'll be fun. I'm with you there. Good pick. All right. Um, I'm going to go to another corner receiver matchup. I'm going to go to Devontae Adams and Darius Slay. I think there's we're going to see a lot of that head-to-head come Sunday afternoon. The Eagles play man-to-man. We saw last week they put Darius Slay on DK Metcalf a lot, especially in any man-to-man situation. That's going to be the same case once again. Adams is a different player than DK Metcalf, not the raw physical specimen, a little bit more of a route runner, catches more maybe contested balls, back shoulders, things like that. But – that, for me, will go a long way in that matchup. We know Rodgers, Green Bay like to feed Adams. They like to make you have to react or play to him to get other things open within their offense. If Slade can hold his own, I think that can make a tough sledding for that Packers offense uh, overall in the game.
1: Yeah, and uh, look, that's the thing. You go all in with that risk that your guys can hold up in man-to-man. If Devontae Adams plays like he has most of the year, it's going to be a long day for Darius Slay. Next one for me, and I, I, there are better matchups, but there is something to be said for what we're going to see next Tuesday night, which is Des Bryant on a football field against the Dallas Cowboys. I forgot about that. For the first time ever, right? And Dez had no catches last night, but Lamar Jackson should be back based upon when he was tested last week, when that positive is. The window's going to open on Sunday or Monday for him to return. Now, I don't know how physically ready he'll be for a Tuesday night game, but moving that game to Tuesday night was a little bit of an extra bonus for the Ravens so Jackson can be back, and maybe Des Bryant can You know he's going to be driven. You know he's going to be motivated. You know he's going to be focused. You know he's going to be ready, and he's going to want to beat the Cowboys. And again, even though Des Bryant hasn't had huge numbers during his limited time with the Ravens, that's just must-see TV with Des Bryant on the field with all those guys wearing the silver helmet with the blue star, and he's not one of them.
2: Yeah, I, I, well, listen, that's going to be, it is. There's going to be, that's going to be emotional, I think, for both sides there with that, too. You know, and, and can they get Dez the ball in that matchup a little bit to, you know, give him something to, to say to the Dallas Cowboys? You know, what do you, what do you say? Like, you got to get an over under for how many receptions Dez gets this week uh, in that football game? I'll go four and a half. You go four he and a half? four yeah. against the Titans. I'll go four and a half. Okay. All right. I'm cool. I like that. All right. Um, I'm going to go to a coaching matchup here, Monday Night Football. And then really, I, I, it's a it's two-on-two matchup that I'm really intrigued to there. I, I really am. And it's, it's, co- it's coaches versus coaches. It's the McDermott versus Shanahan aspect. Two guys, Mike, that you know, of course, I have great respect for. I mean, Shanahan, I think, is as good as anybody in the game on the offensive side of the ball, and you know I've been kissing McDermott's butt for the last three years because McDermott's just – their defense has got their mojo, and McDermott's just one of those guys where you just go, I don't know what the hell they're doing, but where they're trying to throw the ball, everybody's there covering them. So I'm interested in that, and then even the other side, Robert Sala versus Brian Dayball. That is going to be good, too. I mean, there's two guys that I think should be towards the top of the list for head coaching candidates next year. So um, I'm excited for the X's and O's of that one to see how it all shapes up.
1: Yeah, and uh, when you said Monday Night Football, my first thought was it's coming from the Steelers-Washington game because we have a doubleheader (laughs) Doubleheader Monday night. By the way, Jalen Ramsey not on the injury report for yesterday for the Rams. So whatever that hip thing was, it's resolved since Sunday. He should be good to go come Sunday when the Rams play the Arizona Cardinals. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll wrap up this Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk Live.
2: This game gets pushed back six days yet the Denver game when their quarterback room gets wiped out because of contact tracing that game goes on and they don't have a quarterback and people have talked about competitive balance. Why the difference in the two decisions?
1: Well Mike it starts with our decisions are based on medical issues and and with that being our priority and we told the clubs that early in the year um, they all understand that that uh, absent a medical issue, we're going to play the games. And that we gave each club additional flexibility with respect to their roster size and flexibility of moving people off of the reserve list and uh, back onto the active roster. And that was to make sure that the games are played. You know, I understand that that's the attitude now, Chris, but there was a time early in the season when... There was a thought that right. maybe there would be consideration given if there's no healthy offensive linemen, no healthy quarterbacks, whatever the case may be. They have since decided we're not going to play that game. You've got 53 guys on the active roster. You've got 16 on the practice squad. It's up to you to have enough players ready.
2: That's right. Well, and I think it, it gives us the – incentive, gives the teams the incentive of something we talked about a lot in the offseason. It's on you. Keep you got to compete against the virus. you got to do things the right way to help your football team – so that's the aspect I like of it. I couldn't hear a lot of it, though, because I was too busy looking at that cool background be- behind Roger Goodell. Is that the coolest and background all ever? Else fails, quarantine. It was moving. I know. The background was moving. I, I had We're to rewind moving. it last night to listen because I was watching that. Say ya.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.